0: What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and community safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.
1: Big Sills! Bam! They caught a serial killer eating pizza. Man, you can't get away with anything. Now I'm going to have to make sure all my pizza crusts, that if I eat my pizza now, man, I'm going to have to throw them and burn them because I don't want any DNA evidence in case, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know. But I, I don't want anybody tying me into me eating pizza with me whacking people. That's I, I I can't have it. And with me being Italian, you see, unlike Tone, Tone, you'll never be accused of being a killer. Okay, Tone, you'll never be accused. I will. I'm Italian. (laughs) Okay? Tone will never be accused of being a killer. By the way, it's probably the only thing I haven't been accused of. But Italians get accused. Okay? Italians get accused. Damn, they caught the dude eating pizza. Unbelievable, man. Hoss, you can't get away with anything nowadays. Uh, uh, Crazy. All right. It is Friday. Welcome aboard. Appreciate you coming aboard with us. 11 days to the start of training camp and also 11 days to my daughter's birthday. She's out running in the heat right now. God bless her. I saw her before she left. She's like, here I go. And I said, hey, this is what champions do. Jalen Hurts is out running right now getting ready for camp. He's got 11 days. You think he's sitting back? You think he's sitting back just waiting for the... No way, man. That guy's working probably even harder than he'll work. Hey, how about this? Would we not agree on Hertz? Jalen Hurts probably will have worked out harder in the offseason on his time, more so than he'll work in training camp. I don't really do much in training camp anymore. Hertz probably worked harder. He put all his work in. Now he's just gonna go, and he's gonna be with his team, getting ready for the upcoming 2023 season. He's already put his work in. Okay, so it's cool, man. I mean, I I, I can't wait to see what this thing looks like. I, I I was watching tone on with um with Rob earlier, and Rob made a comment about the opening game against New England. And how tough Rob thinks that game is. I think you do too, Tone. Think that that game is going to be more of a challenge. Let me ask you something. And I heard difference of opinions. And I saw you guys posting. Do you guys think that the new coordinators are going to be a big factor? A nothing burger? Or maybe something? What What do you think? The changing of coordinators will mean. To the Eagles in 2023, but what, it what, what nothing burger, something or nothing, or maybe all of the above. I don't know. How do you look at it? Good afternoon to you too, Sue. What do you guys think? Changing your coaching, they're not changing the playbook. No, nobody's suggesting that they're changing the playbook. JM goes going to be hiccups. Senior football, obviously a factor. Sean Desai Salad, Okay. Greg goes, big factor. I think I, think I heard Tone say they're going to be okay on offense. Okay. Mateo says big factor. Okay. Well, let me make a little bit of let me let me let me put a statement out there on that. Now, and I'll tell you what I think. Will the change in coordinators be a factor for the Eagles in 2023? Okay. Do you agree in Buffalo, they ran the same playbook that they ran when Brian Dable was there with Ken Dorsey? Do you think the Bills had a change? Not in philosophy, but do you think the offense looked different? Did the offense look? They didn't change the playbook. It was the same playbook. What changed? What changed? They didn't add, subtract. What changed? Did the Bills? By the way, we're going to look at the Bills today because that's your week 12 opponent. Okay? On defense more, I don't know. 2-1-5, I don't know, man. I thought they looked a little different, especially in the second half offensively. Well, let me, let me bring it home in Philly then. Was there a change in Carson Wentz when you went from Frank Reich to Doug's play calling? Was there a change? They didn't change the playbook, same guy. They didn't change the playbook at all. Was there a change in Carson Wentz Yes. No. Did you see a change in how he played when Carson Wentz got a new coordinator after Frank got the job in Indy? No plays were changed. Same playbook, a different voice, though. Okay. So, Quad, you 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 don't think that there was a change in the way Carson played with? Doug calling plays versus Frank. Or to more of a point, you don't really think that Josh Allen had a different year this year. Hey, they won a ton of games up there in Buffalo this year. Of course, there's going to be a difference. That's why that opening game against Belichick is going to be closer than what you think. Bill is going to get that into the fourth quarter, and he's going to totally attack your weakness. Bill doesn't tack. Football teams. And I've told some of you this before. Some of you don't really know how Belichick attacks teams. That's why he has different personnel groupings each week. Bill doesn't go after one particular strength that he does. He goes after your weakness. He goes after that team's weakness and players who are not sure of yet what they're being asked to do. You know how I know this? I've talked to him about it. I said, Bill, each and every single week, do you go after teams with the strengths that you have? He goes, why would I do that? Because sometimes my strength runs into their strength, and all we're doing is playing into that team, especially if they got better personnel than us. We don't go after particular people. We go after the weakest link on teams. And the weakest link is going to be this. You don't have... Skilled running backs that are able to be counted on. So they're going to try to stop the run. They're going to try to turn Hurts into one dimensional, which will be a problem. And they got the corners to play. They're still 5'10", and under the kid Gonzalez they got from Oregon, I'm expecting to play. They've got two pass rushers that can get home. And on the other side of the ball, they're a big unit in the O-line, and they got a 1,000-yard rusher who was almost at five yards of carry, they're going to run the ball on you. And what they're going to try to do, they're not – Don't turn, here, here's how New England keeps that first game close, okay? Here's how they keep that first game close. Don't turn the ball over. Don't give the Eagles long drives because, in my opinion, if the Eagles get out on them and they get out to a 14-point lead, I don't believe that New England can come back in that game. I don't think they have comeback capability. They've got to stay within, in my opinion, between three and seven points at half. And they got to get that bad puppy into the fourth quarter to make that thing interesting. Because if Philly scores on them immediately, I think that thing's over. The problem will be once again, Philadelphia doesn't have a red zone offense and the red zone offense is the quarterback. It's not really a red zone offense. You didn't have one last year, really. And that's why you weren't able to close many games out. That's why people kept complaining. How come they can't just run the clock out? And how come they, they can't just put teams away? You were so dominant, and you were, but the one thing they couldn't do was, you. sometimes you looked up in games, it was two minutes left, teams were still 10 points near you. That's going to be a factor this year because you're going to have to put teams away. You're going to have to put teams, I think, to sleep early. Um, Alexander goes, the Patriots aren't scoring anything. They don't have to. They just have to limit you. Okay? They don't have to score a shitload of points. You're right. If the wing doesn't get 25 points, they're not going to be in that game. So they've got to keep, in week one, they've got to keep the Eagles under 25 points. That could happen. It's week one. You don't know. I don't know. But you have superior coaching. Coaching matters in the NFL. Your coordinators, once again, are the most inexperienced people in the league as a group. Nobody made changes like the Eagles did, a coordinator, where you lost both of them. No one. Unless you were a bad team. Not one good team from a year ago, had changed in both coordinators. Okay? Not one. KC lost one because he kind of got a promotion in Washington. You basically see sometimes only one leaving. You don't see both leaving. And, again, on offense, it's not going to be that much more of a factor, I don't think. Now, again, what are they going to bring? We're going to talk about that more here in a second here but that's why that game is going to be interesting that game's going to be interesting in new england because of coaching the one glaring flaw that you had in the super bowl that was exposed was your coaching wasn't up the snuff next to andy and spagnolo we talked about that yesterday you were out coached completely out coached they had and and merrill reese went on WIP. And he said, to this day, I will always say that the Eagles had the better team. They did. What was the difference? The giant gap in that game was coaching. That's what it was. And the giant gap. Hey, how about this? You're gonna have the personnel advantage in New England. You're not gonna have the coaching advantage. You're not. You will not have the coaching advantage. What undrafted free agent could make an impact this year? 85, we'll look at that a little bit later, okay? Okay? Well, Quan, you're not going to have the coaching advantage in New England. You're not. You're not going to have – you are not going to go into one game this year where you're going to have the coaching advantage. Maybe Jets – you're not going to have the coaching. The reason you lost to Washington by 10 was coaching. Don't you understand? Washington is superior to Philly. They didn't have the personnel to beat you, and you were healthy in game two. And you got beat. And you got beat. There was, at, hey, of all the games, that Philly played last year. I get the Kansas City Super Bowl. I get that. There's no excuse losing to Washington. You have no excuse losing to Washington. And you know what's funny? I didn't realize Washington was 8-8-1. Eight, eight I, I did not realize that a year ago. Okay? You get this. So a guy like Quan thinks that Brian Johnson... And Sean Desai are better coaches than Bill Belichick, Bill O'Brien, and Belichick has the D coordinator. I don't really get. I'm not going to argue that. I'm not going to argue that because that's not an argument. That's a that's a dumb comment, but that's okay. It's a passionate comment. It's it's it's, it's an absolute delusional thought if you think that. Okay, anyway, we're going to look at the quarterback room for the Eagles today, and we're going to look at Buffalo. Let's, let's start with the Bills. What do people look at the Bills this year? Give me a brief synopsis on how you see Buffalo. That's going to be your week 12 opponent. How do you see the Bills when it comes to the landscape of the NFL and as a contender, what do you see with that football team under Sean McDermott, who, by the way, cut his chops in Philly? Um, I believe he was on the Jim Johnson team, and he was on the Jim Johnson coaching staff. How do you look at Buffalo? what, 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 What do you look when you see the Buffalo Bills? Um. A team that could play for the Super Bowl this year's Bills choke like the Dallas Cowboys. Um, I wouldn't say choke. Okay, I wouldn't say choke. I see the Bills team that lost to the Jets and Dolphins. You see, eighty-five. That's a poor comment. Here's why. So, are you talking about the same team that lost to the Washington Washington Commanders? and lost to the Cowboys? I mean, you guys lost to the Commanders. The Jets weren't bad last year. Pretty good defensive unit. Okay? Tell me. So you guys, what, you think the Bills are tripping up? Let's take a look at Buffalo here. A lot of noise. A lot of noise in Buffalo this year. A lot of noise. Got a lot of talent on that team. And their defense in the last four years has been one of the better units. It's not a shocker with McDermott being the head football coach. It's not a shock. But there's been a lot of noise in Buffalo this year. And the quarterback has to fix that. That is up to the that is up to the quarterback to write that room and get that room back in shape as you get ready for the start of the season. It's the Eagles' Week 12 opponent. Buffalo has been, in my opinion, a contender for the AFC for the past four years. In that four years, they've won 47 ball games. It's a lot of wins over four years. 47 games they've won over the last four years, and they've been a contender all four of those years, in my opinion. And it's been because of Josh Allen being put up there. They upgraded the interior of their offensive line, which they needed to. Um, They added some pieces on defense. McDermott's a heck of a coordinator on defense. Um, It's Dorsey. And by the way, I didn't realize that Joe Barry, the quarterback coach, is up there also in Buffalo. So you got Dorsey and Joe Barry working with Josh Allen. That's some pretty good people. Dorsey, again, is taking a lot of heat because it didn't look a lot like what Brian Dable did. But to me, I think those are some pretty good coaches. And yes, I do agree also. The running back game, um, but see, it just shows you one more time here. The Jalen's going to find that out too because you don't have a running back either. And you don't have a legitimate running back. You've got a collection of running backs and you got a back that we'll see. Who could be maybe, and once again on July 14th, could be maybe, think about it. You 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 got a guy that the Lions wanted to move off of. And that's why they drafted the kid out of Alabama in the first round. You got a spare part from another team. And do I like, and you know this, I like Swift. But that's how the Lions looked at him. Now, have the Lions been smart on personnel moves? Dude, they thought Darius Slay sucked. And he's been a fabulous Philadelphia Eagle and NFL player since he's been at the Novacare Center. So I'm more apt to believe that Philly knows what they're doing with a player more so than what Detroit does. So that's how Detroit sees him. I don't see that. I don't see that in Swift. I see a guy who's hurt, talented, Needs to play and could be a better player with a better old line Okay? I see him different than Detroit. Detroit's moved off players, and they've actually gone places and succeeded. So for me to sit here and go like this, well, hey, that's spare parts on the line. That's how they see him. Okay? They see that. I don't. Just to be fair here. Okay? McDermott and John Butler are on the defensive side, the pretty good play callers. I know John Butler. Bills won 13 football games a year ago, and that's with the cancellation of that Bengal game because of the Demar Hamlin scenario. So they want to shit get this. They played in the AFC, didn't have the greatest year, still won 13 ball games, and went 13 and three. That's remarkable. In the AFC, if the Bills were in the NFC, they'd be undefeated. Okay? You looked at the Bills and you went, I don't know. And then you turn around and go, they won 13 games. It's pretty impressive. They're an impressive football team. Um, and by the way, the three losses were by a total of eight points. A football team was eight points away from being unbeaten. I mean, we're not talking about a football team that got killed. We're talking about a football team that made glaring mistakes and key losses. Vikings loss was a key loss. What I'm telling you is, here's a team that didn't play up to their expectations, nor do I think their ability, and they still won 13 games in the better conference. It's pretty good. Okay? Okay. You don't play your best game, and you still win a ton of games. The Bills are good. Bills are good. The Bills have a first-place schedule, obviously, because they won the East. Um, this is not going to be an easy run for them again, but it's not been that way for four years with those 47 wins. Um, Allen is this to me. Josh Allen is an absolute elite talent. He's just not an elite quarterback yet. He is an elite talent. Gigantic arm. Plays 17 games. Puts up gargantuan numbers. Has to learn the game a little better. And seeing the game. Dude, get down. Just get down. If you don't get first down, so what? Punt. If you lose the game, so what? Last year, you made critical mistakes and critical moments in games, and there's a little wince in that. You can't have that. I would rather have you throw for five less touchdown passes, okay? Five less touchdown passes than to have some of those turnovers, okay? He's got to be smarter in how he sees it. Allen is an elite talent, spectacular spectacular talent, one of the absolute best talents that have come out of college in a long time. And he's playing to it. But again, in critical moments, especially in the second half, especially when he lost his security blanket and Brian Dable. Got to be better, son. Got to be better. Um, They've got a good formula up there, and they're winning with it. The AFC East is good, and it continues to improve now that you've added Aaron Rodgers to it. So my overall takeaway, Buffalo, once again, will be a formidable team, will be a 12-13 to win football team. In the toughest conference, the AFC, with all those great quarterbacks in it, they're still going to win 12-13 games. It's a good group. They've got to get more out of the running game, in my opinion and Allen has got to protect himself better in those games. Don't put the ball on the ground in Minnesota with the goalpost in your back that could cost you home field advantage. That was one of the worst plays of the year a year ago. One of the absolute worst plays of the year because it could have cost you home field, and I think it cost you home field advantage, okay? So all in all, Buffalo is going to be quite a team to play for the Eagles in week 12. And you're going to go through a stretch of ball games where you're and, and again, Sean Desai versus Josh Allen, I'll take that all night. I'll take that all night. Who on your football team do you think is going to be able to bring what linebacker is going to cover Josh Allen? What linebacker? Who? N'Kobe Dean, he needs a stepladder. Show me one guy when he gets out in the open that could cover him. Your corners will run him over. He's 6'6". Six, six. Who in your secondary? Now, the kid Brown, maybe. You have nothing back there to stop this guy. It's going to be interesting. Especially if you have a soft zone like you've had for two years. To see how you're going to stop him, you're going to have to get home. Now you can get home. They got a pretty good offensive line. Buffalo's improving in that position. That, like I said, they they improved in the interior, but um, Kwan goes like this: <laughs> Allen could be on IR. Your guy has been on IR two years in a row. He hasn't. We, again, wishful thinking. Jeffy he goes. He needs to stay healthy. He was last year, played all seventeen games. What are you talking about health? Health's not a factor with Allen. It's not a factor. It's not a factor with Josh Allen. You're missing that. That's not. That's not a true comment. What you're trying to do is make sure he doesn't have issues as he gets older. Again, he's an elite talent. Okay, so Buffalo's going to be a really great test on the schedule. Joe says that Buffalo needs a game-breaker. You know, so you don't think Diggs is a game-breaker. 100-some-odd catches, had a big year. The other guy on the other side's not that bad. Look at his yards per catch. Uh, They probably do need another game-breaker up there. They probably do, okay? But again... Kansas City doesn't have a game-breaker except for the tight end, and that's a big except. I get it. But there's nothing special. Outside of Kelsey, there's nothing special in Kansas City. I mean, and so at the end of the day, Buffalo has digs. Kansas City has Kelsey. And they're still great teams that win a lot of games. The Eagles could never win 12, 13 games without – Devonte Smith, A.J. Brown, Miles Sanders, and just with Dallas Goddard. There's not a chance. Do you understand that? You're not winning 12 games like those quarterbacks are. You're not. That's not happening. They don't have running backs. They have one, one playmaker. All those guys have one playmaker, and they still win 13, 14 games. That's a fact. That's not an opinion. Okay? The guy in Kansas City has nothing except the tight end. And, again, it's a lot. And a play caller. Okay? All right. Let's look at – we've been looking at Eagle position rooms. Um, the last two position rooms – We talked about the corner and the offensive line, exceptional rooms. Absolutely exceptional wins. When you look at those rooms that you have with the cornerback position and also the offensive line, here's the quarterback. What do you think your quarterback room right now? Somewhere this season, your room is going to be count on To win a game because it has been the last two years and it will happen again this year that's a trend Jalen will miss time so how do you feel about your room before we go into the player evaluation Jalen will miss time because he has um what do you think about the quarterback situation that you have in your room right now a The players that you ha- and here are the players. Hurts, Mariota, Ian Book, and Tanner McKee. That's who you have in your quarterback room right now. Um, but Jalen will miss, Jalen has missed time. Once again, Quan, Jalen has missed time. He's missed three games, and, uh, dude, I'm not going to go over fantasy talk here. He has missed time. And if he missed any more time, and how about this? I'll say this to you guys. If Jalen Hurts had missed time like he did a year ago, you wouldn't have won home field advantage. You would have lost every one of those games because you would have played a first-place schedule. You'd have lost every football game down the stretch if you're playing that schedule this year with him missing those amount of games and then him coming back hurt, you may have won one of those games. That's not going to... You're able to get through the Saints. You're able to get through some of those shitty teams at the end of the year. Or wait, you couldn't get through the Saints. You couldn't beat the Saints who are on a respirator. You're not beating good teams down the stretch without Hurts. Okay? Um, here's how I look at your quarterback room. We'll do it with Jalen Hurts and start here. Here's my evaluation on him and how I see him as a player. Tremendous 2022 campaign. Probably the best quarterback I've seen execute the RPO in NFL history I've never seen anybody run an RPO as well as him it's not the fact that he put up big numbers cuz he didn't but what he did was his his numbers mattered do you do you understand what I'm saying here like the 3700 passing yards that he had and the 22 touchdowns and the limited amount of picks were all impactful. Where sometimes you see guys put up four or 5,000 yards and you just go like, do you remember the year that, um, what was his name? Jameis Winston threw for 5,000 yards and had 30 touchdowns, but had 30 picks. It was a season of nothing. I mean, Jalen Hurts' season, compared to that, it's night and day. Every yard he threw for mattered. Every yard he gained mattered. Everything, okay, mattered. It just didn't matter. But it it, for him hurts tremendous. Um, he improved on his accuracy, he improved on his deep throws. Um, he's the best quarterback sneak quarterback I've ever seen. I mean, he, he, his decision-making on the sidelines is great. He improved everywhere. It was just great improvement. Throwing the ball, his touch passes got better towards the end of the year before he got injured. So he, he started to improve there as well, as well. Um, all in all, the guy is absolutely worth the investment on what the Eagles are making. Now, again, what you're looking at is, here's the big question. what is what is the improvement this year? See, I don't think Hertz improves on anything he does. I think except for this, his decision making. Jalen's not going to do 5,000 yards. He's not a 4,500-yard thrower. He's not a 35-touchdown guy. But again, that's not what they do. That's not the system they throw. That's not the system they run. Okay? He plays within a formula that they've created for his skill set. The biggest problem that you have with player development is that you think he has to get to this particular number where he has to continue to improve. As long as Jalen Hurts continues to improve on his completion percentage, his health, and his decision-making, it's not important if he throws for 4,000 yards. It's not important if he throws for uh, 30 touchdowns. It's just not important. That is... Look... I've never seen this stat. So how in the world do you have a quarterback that didn't throw for 4,500 yards and two guys had 1,000 yards and you had a quarterback in Carson Wentz throw for 4,000 yards and you didn't have a guy with a reception yardage over 800 yards that year? How's that possible? Who did more that year? Who was more impactful? I don't know. They were both very impactful in different ways. You understand what I'm saying here? Wentz was counted on to throw the ball. You didn't have, a, you didn't have a, re, a receiver that year that he threw for 4,000 yards over 800 yards. Think about that. He didn't have one guy over 800 yards catching at wide receiver, not one. And yet he threw for 4,000. It's incredible. And yet Jalen didn't throw for 3,900 yards and had two guys with 1,000. It's just different. It's just different. And you've got to come to grips with that. And again, it's a style that you have to have. See, I'll tell you something else that the Eagles do fundamentally when it comes to organization. They make sure, and that's why the owner of the team front-loaded that contract, because Hurts needs a ton of people around him. Those other guys don't. Like I said to you, there's one playmaker In Buffalo, one. There's one playmaker in Kansas City. You could never win in Philadelphia with one playmaker. You can't. Not a chance. No running back, a tight end, and no receivers. You're not winning in Philly. Those guys are proving it. They're winning without that. And personally... When you get into a game against Philly, Buffalo's favored. I mean, um, Philadelphia's favored because they got more, they got better players. It is gonna be very rare, very rare, that the Eagles are gonna go into a football game where you're not gonna have the better personnel. It's good you're every single game that you go into, maybe San Francisco. Maybe San Francisco, where they'll have an equal in talent at the roster. But you're, you're going to go into games where other guys are counted on to do more than what Jalen is. That's okay, though. They built the team this way. It's right to build it this way. You know, what's what's awesome about how they're doing it, too, in Philly, is that they're not spiting their own self by going, we got to have a system in here. We got to have a guy do it this way. They're building that football team around that guy's skill set, one hundred percent. The same way Kansas City's building that team around that guy's skill set. That's the lesser team that won the first Super Bowl with Andy Reid. Okay, that's the less. That's the lesser team. The first team around was more loaded. All right. So, look, again, Hurts from from the first year to last year, Jalen was absolutely improved. Now, the question mark will be, what is that improvement going to look like this year? What is that going to look like? Does he just continue to get better at what he's doing? Dude, if he gets better at what he's doing, that's all we need. You don't, you're not, you're not going to say, hey, to sit here and say that Jalen Hurts will throw for more than Donovan McNabb in total yardage when everything is said and done is preposterous. He may get 30 grand, something like He may. He may not. But that's not going to be important. He'll have more wins. That's the most important thing here. Okay? Now, with the way the NFL is, depending on what they do, by continuing to put star players around him, like I said – 3,700 yards is not exceptional, but it doesn't have to be. Those are not empty calorie stats. Those are all stats that matter to every set. Dude, the the games that Jalen was like this, 275 passing and 75 yards rushing, fabulous. Dude, he does that every day. He he does two. If Jalen Hurts comes away from a game, 250 passing and 75 yards rushing and two touchdowns total, you're never going to lose. You're never going to lose. You're just never going to lose. Okay? All right. Here's my takeaway on Marcus Mariota. Former Heisman winner. Um Here was the problem that he had in Tennessee. What do you when you guys look at Marcus Mariota? And I think, Tony, you brought this up. Um, I think you brought this up when they acquired him. What do you think the Raiders and also Atlanta saw in Marcus Mariota and why they moved off him? Why do you, why do you think they, those organizations moved off of Marcus Mariota? See, I think this has got a lot to do with coaching with him. What's up, Chris? Name goes Mariota never had weapons. had yeah, Derek Waller in Oakland or slash Vegas. I'm not sure if I don't remember. I don't think he had A.J. Brown in Tennessee, but they never utilized A.J. Brown. He had Derrick Henry there. Um, they got the kid Pitts in Atlanta. Um, what do you think is problem and how organizations see him? Okay. How do you, how do you, how do you see him? Here's the problem that people with his, his pocket presence is not very good. Okay. He doesn't have a feel in the pocket. And when you ask him to be a drop back guy, he doesn't know the front door, side door, back door escaping, He doesn't have a feel for it. There's three doors for quarterbacks and they're taught it. Front, side, back. Okay? on an escaping, And when you're back there in a seven step, you've got to have a feel for pressure. And he doesn't have a feel for pressure. Now, in my opinion, I think the systems that he's played in aren't conducive to the strengths that he has. Why in the world would you put him like they did in Atlanta last year in a seven-step drop, when you know fundamentally he struggles with pressure. Why would you continue to coach that? It just doesn't make sense when they do that, okay? They, they, they It doesn't make sense. But yet what you keep trying to do is jam that square peg in that round hole and you keep trying to push that in there. See, to me, I think he's in a perfect system right now. Can I tell you what I would do? I think right now, him in an RPO system, I think he should have went to Indianapolis and not went to Philadelphia because I think he could have played there. I think you put him in a Jalen Hurts offense, I want to see him run that. I think he can run that. He ran that at Oregon. That was the system they ran at Oregon. Remember, after him, then they had to go to a Justin Herbert-type offense, and Justin Herbert ran that RPO. Don't you guys understand? See, this is where people miss out on evaluation. Nobody had that evaluation on Justin Herbert coming out of Oregon because everybody was like, you know, he didn't really run that system all that hot and throw for a ton of yards up there in Oregon because they kept the RPO system in there for him. He's not an RPO. He's a seven-step guy. Once they got him down to Los Angeles with the Chargers, they turned him into a true bona fide seven-step, and that's why he's throwing for a ton of more yards And he looks 10 times better than he did at Oregon. He was running the Mariota offense up there. And everyone said this. I remember Coward going like this. Man, I don't know. You know, he wasn't really that effective with the Ducks. He wasn't running the right system. He was running Mariota's system. Well, that's reversed with Mariota. Mariota kept being asked to throw the ball down the field. And that's not what he does. He's an RPO guy. He was exceptional at Oregon doing that. But yet every place he went, Tennessee, Oakland, John Gruden's not an RPO coach. You'd think John Gruden was going to implement an RPO system. And get this, when they started doing a little bit of that, I thought he played pretty well with the the Raiders. I was actually kind of shocked they moved off him. So, you know, but that's not John Gruden's style. He had to go back to doing what he does best, and that's why Mariota was never in the picture. He liked him. He's such a likable guy. And they tried to do the same shit in Atlanta. They just got limited talent in Atlanta. Now they got the kid Pitts from Florida. They had the wide receiver down there. Then they moved off him. So they're in transition right now. Mariota never really had a chance down there to be successful. So you bring him in to Philly, I think it's a perfect fit. He's just not going to get the reps, though. Okay? He's just not going to get the reps that he needs. But to me, you put him in a system that has a Jalen Hurts type of system in Chicago with what they're trying to implement up there with Justin Fields, maybe even Arizona. I don't know. But if you're going to think that he's going to drop back and be a seven-step guy which all these places tried him at that's a mistake philly really in my opinion you got a better quarterback in your building right now than anything san francisco has and that includes their starter i don't think brock purdy's better than marcus Mariota in the system that he in the system that he has in philadelphia marcus Mariota's not jalen hurts don't get me i'm not saying that but he can win some ball games And this time, when they go to the backup quarterback when they have to, it is not going to be the Gardner Minshew nightmare that they went through a year ago with those two games. He can run this RPO, man. He's, He's a good player, okay? Who said that Darnold could run the RPO? Anyway, so he... They have a better quarterback in their first and second team quarterback. Let me think. Anybody else in the NFC have better quarterback first and second team? No. Think about that. The Eagles first and second. Marcus Mariota could start on probably 10 teams in the league. Okay. Okay. 10 teams. He could start in Tampa. You have the first and second best quarterbacks in the NFC. I think you know where we're going here. Ian Book, he's a guy. Nobody special. Nothing to really evaluate. He's a dude, but with a starving league that needs quarterbacks, guys like him, the Chase Daniels of the world, are going to have jobs. But I don't think he makes a fifty-three man roster because of what they did in the draft. They went and they got this Tanner McKee. See, this doesn't make sense to me. Here's this McKee kid from Stanford. Okay, he's six six. He ran a he ran a six flat a six flat forty. So we know, obviously, he's not an RPO guy. This guy ran a six-flat 40, 5'8", six-flat, something like that. So he is not athletic. Um, Now, here's something to think about, though. Alabama, Texas offered him scholarships. So he was highly recruited, went on a two-year mission. His family's um, Mormon. So he's a mature kid. Got better in 2022, but he has no mobility. And in my opinion, he's a seven-step guy. Now, why would you draft that? You draft that because you always draft quarterbacks. Okay. I, I've told you this before. If I'm a general manager of a football team, I don't, I don't, I don't give a crap. Um about, you know, where a guy went in the draft, especially a quarterback, because of Brady. Brady going in the sixth round, I'm always taking a quarterback. And you should always draft a quarterback, okay? Um, He was highly recruited, okay? He was highly recruited. And he's got a weird motion. But if you watched him in 2022, okay, okay? If you watch him in 2022, he got better. But he's got kind of like a Bernie Kosar kind of throwing motion. So all in all, um, I don't know what they're doing with him. I don't know who he is. But um, he's got a he, – he's, he's decent. He's decent. All that being said, the Eagles quarterback room, another good group of kids. You got an MVP candidate. You got a guy who could start in other places. You got a quarterback. If things completely go south, who is a guy who is a statue back there, so it's a little bit different, doesn't really match up to the – like Tanner McKee doesn't match up to the personnel you have on your team. Like he he's like doesn't belong – like what doesn't belong here? He doesn't belong in the room. But the guy book is not that hot, but he's a dude because he went to Notre Dame, won a lot of games at Notre Dame, whatever. But all in all, it's 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 another good it's another good room that Philly has done there. See, here's the difference here: what Philly's done compared to San Francisco. San Francisco on July 14th is not prepared for a disaster. Philly's prepared for disaster. He's prepared for it. Okay. Name goes that um, Mariota might be the new Foles. In that system, maybe. Okay? In that system, maybe. Okay? Probably. See, again, I think, Mark. hey, just like Nick Foles, I'll say this again about Nick Foles. Outside of Philadelphia, here, The failures of Nick Foles have been coaching. Have been coaching. He's gotten his best coaching in Philly, and that's the only place he's ever got good coaching. The rest of it have been train wrecks. Chicago, Indianapolis, um, Jacksonville. They weren't really, hey, Frank was on a respirator as a head coach in Indy. He wasn't going to save anything in Indianapolis. Foles has not gotten good coaching anywhere he's been but Philadelphia. And that's why he's really not been able to have a consistent career. I mean, every time he's in Philly, he, he shows you what he's capable of doing when he gets good coaching. And that's why in the NFL, it matters. And that's why when we started the show off, you guys are under the impression you have good coaches going into that New England game. You got solid coaches, you mean. Or you think you do. I don't know. I mean, of all the things that you go into a football game, watch this. My quarterback's good. My wide receivers are good. My offensive line is exceptional. My corners are great. We got really a lot of talent with a high ceiling at D tackle. What about your coordinators? I don't know. That's a fact. And you're doing that against Belichick. So you're not at an advantage there. And that's what brings the game closer is coaching, preparation, attacking weakness. It's not like college football. College football, you can line up. Again, that's why you see most of these programs at the college ranks. They could just line up and kick the shit out of teams. Well, why? Because you get better people. You don't have better coaching. Nick Saban doesn't have better coaching than, say, LSU. Okay? He doesn't. He's got better players. Or one key player. You think Ed Ogeron? Look, I love Ed. But do you actually think Ed Ogeron, when they beat Alabama is a better coach than Nick, hit better people? That year, they drafted 68 guys in the NFL draft. LSU, they had better people. We, we see it every year in the NFL, the best team doesn't always win. But the best quarterback does, usually. Usually. Foles played out of his mind in 17 with the best thing that the Eagles have had and to me, I say this, and one of the reasons that I say this is because it was so prevalent. That year in 17, the Eagles had what? The best combination of O-line, D-line in the league. And it played itself out. When you played the Patriots, and I have never seen the Patriots get their faces kicked in the way they got their asses handed to them in that ball game. I've said this to you, by the fourth quarter, they had the white flag up because Philly had killed them. It was a demonstration of domination. Foles played great, but that line, even with substitutes, dominated the the Patriots. Dominated them. Okay? Dominated them. It was it was it was a, it was a display hey i i i don't know why and i'm not arguing over coaching when you're bringing up guys like brian johnson and sean desai versus uh, a, a bill belichick coach team it, don't don't go there because i'm not responding to that it's a stupid conversation That's why he makes $20 million a year as a coach. Some go like this. He's on the hot seat. Well, he's not on the hot seat coaching. He's on the hot seat because of what? Can I tell you what I'm hearing? What's going to happen in New England? They're not going to take his coaching duties away. They're going to take his personnel duties away. And they're going to bring a personnel director in like Nick Casario, who's worked up there before, who's down in Houston now. Nick turned the opportunity to come down and come back to New England, and Houston kept him because Houston told Nick Casario prior to the draft. Remember the rumor that was out there? After the draft, Casario was going to go back to New England. Well, the owner, the McNair family, came to him and said, no, hey, listen, we're going to give you total control. Do what you want. So they pushed all their chips in. They went and got um, C.J. Stroud. They moved up to get Will Anderson. And Casario's not leaving Houston. He's not because they've given him more power, more autonomy, and that's what he wanted. He'll never get that in New England with Belichick in the building. Belichick is going to probably be involved in who's going to come in personnel-wise, but the one thing that Bill has struggled with in New England has been premium offensive players. They've ne- who, is, who, who is the number one offensive football player that they've drafted in the first round. In 20 years, he's been up there. Can you tell me? Who is the number one first round guy they've drafted in 20 years since Belichick's been in that place? Can you name a guy? He's not, he's better at player development with later round picks or free agents. Corey Dillon wasn't drafted by the Patriots. Can you name me one? Name me one. Think about that. In twenty plus years, they have never drafted a first round guy that was with any quality. And when they tried to go get that McKeel Henry kid, he was terrible. He was terrible. When they got Aaron Hernandez, he was a fourth or fifth rounder. Gronk was a two. They converted Edelman and Amendola. They made a trade for Welker. Welker was not coming up to New England to be a wide receiver. Do you know that Wes Welker was brought to New England to be a special teams guy? Because that's what he was in Miami. He was a special teams guy. And then Brady, of course, developed into the ultimate. Coaching developed Brady. Did you see Brady the other day crying? You see that made-up shit every year that the media had, that Brady and Belichick had an adversarial relationship? That couldn't be more of a lie than after the fact, when everything is said and done, when Brady has all the ammunition now because he's not playing anymore to take a complete shit on Belichick, and he didn't. He cried with emotion of thanks for what he did by developing into the player that he was. Coaching. That's coaching. When a player of Brady's stature goes, I'd be nothing without him that's belief all the years of espn lying and fox lying and all the reporters lying that brady and belichick all the dumbass comments that bayless made that that brady and belichick were at each other's throats couldn't have been further from the truth couldn't have been further from the truth okay couldn't have been further from the truth those guys all believed in one another. And that's why Brady's the greatest player in the history of the National Football League. Yeah, Brady doesn't get too many first-round picks, not at 29 and 32. That's another great point. But name. Then he turns around and turns a converted quarterback, in, um, Edelman, into a wide receiver. He plays Troy Brown at both corner and wide receiver. He gets a guy in Dion Branch, who's an MVP, in a Super Bowl. Look at all the stiffs at wide receiver. He never – there's not one Hall of Fame skilled player he played with in New England or coached that was the first-round draft choice. In six Super Bowls, something that even Howie can't even claim. In those six Super Bowls, they didn't win one Super Bowl with a first-round draft choice at the skilled position. Not one. That's a testament to player development. Okay? This is laughable. We're going to beat the dog crap out of the Pats. Okay? Okay? Okay. How about this, Eagle? You got the absolute most inexperienced coordinators in the National Football League. Is that fact or fiction? Hey, is that fact or fiction? Fact or fiction? Is that fact or fiction? Fact or fiction? Can't move the goalpost on that. You can't move the posts. Okay. All right. I want to. I want to, I want to show you something too, and I want to talk about Andy Reid here. I, I want to. I want to talk about Andy Reid. Hour number two, hey, Philly Godfather is going to be with us at 5.30 Eastern time. We're going to talk with him, and we're going to get his thoughts as he looks at the upcoming NFL season. We're 11 days out from training camp. Do me a favor. Please hit the like button. Keep it here on the National Football Show.
2: Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch Six ABC twenty four seven with the Six ABC Philadelphia streaming app.
3: And the big story on Action News. Search Six ABC
2: Philadelphia and start streaming today. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. <laughs> yes, really don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. Alright, here we go. Let's hear the crap. <sighs> so on. Mama, go, oh, mama! She did it.
0: Again?
1: You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Isn't it remarkable now that starting running backs don't make as much collectively as an average to what the second wide receiver on football teams make now? Think about that. I'm not talking about the Barclays of the world. I'm talking about players that, as an average across the league, the running back position, you could look up, And you could see a wide receiver, too, making more money than a starting running back on a football team. That shows you why that position now and where people are not spending the money and what they're doing is they're getting quality kids out of the draft. If you're a running back coming out of college now, be prepared. You're getting a one rookie contract. And if you're lucky, You may land on a Miles Sanders type deal if you're lucky, but most of you are going to be Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook is better than Miles Sanders, but right now he's begging for five million bucks. Okay? Fly goes that Saquon Barkley's going to get paid. Go ahead, pay him. The Giants will never win with that move. The Giants made two fundamental moves that were going to hurt them forever. A guy who's always hurt and another guy who hasn't proven shit. That's, again, wishful thinking. New York didn't put money around somebody where you saw improvement. Look, if I'm going to be critical of Jalen Hurts playing one year, at least Jalen put a sample size in where you went like this. And what you were doing was you were looking from year one starting to where he is today, you saw the growth being this wide, and you saw the play of a year ago, you felt comfortable stroking that check. If you're writing that check right now for Daniel Jones, how is your hand not shaking when you're writing that check going, Jesus Christ, really? We think this guy's a $46.6 million guy. Not, I, I don't know where you even came up where you thought that was right and now you're going to pay Barkley fourteen to $15 million? We talked about this yesterday. These are two moves that make no sense. They don't believe in the quarterback. Did I just not tell you? Buffalo doesn't need a running back to win 13 games. Kansas City doesn't need a running back to win 13 games. Philly believes they don't need a running back to win 13 games. But it- – you in in New York, they do. It's aspect look at even Austin Eckler in Los Angeles. they gave Austin Eckler wanted a giant increase. They gave him two million in incentives, which means he has to earn it. Nowhere in the NFL with a big time quarterback did they invest in a running back. where? Where have they invested? Now again, First-round draft choice, running backs, you're on a rookie deal. You're not spending any money. I'd rather waste a first-round pick than $14 and $15 million on my salary cap. Do you understand? That's why the Bijan deal for Atlanta makes sense. He's a quality kid who can play, who's knocking the cover off everything down there. They love the kid, but he's making rookie money. He, that kid's gonna probably lead the NFL in rushing, but he's gonna be making a million five. Mixon, Mixon makes I think six, seven million, and they're talking to whacking him before training camp starts. Saquon is not that good what has he done last four years hamstring ankle knee and you're gonna put 15 million dollars in a position that you know these guys don't last long and a guy who's been hurt every year he's been in the league how does that make sense dude the guy in tennessee makes sense cook makes sense Saquon Barkley doesn't make sense. That's the tones like this. Me personally, I'm not paying him. I'm not either. I'm moving him for draft picks. So that if here, here's why I'm moving in Saquon Barkley for draft picks. I'll go sign Dalvin Cook, and if Daniel Jones sucks, I get maybe a first and a second and a third, that I could go in this next April draft maybe to get a quarterback. Because right now the Giants have gots Holy cow. Lost? Hey, Ben. So Ben believes that Saquon Barkley has been a good back. He has been, he's not been a healthy back. Nobody said he's not talented. But you got to not be in the tub. He's not on the franchise tag yet. Oh, they have, they have given it to him. So if he's on the tag, they have to match it. And if he's on the tag tone, I think that comes out to where you have to give that franchise three ones. If the guy's franchise tagged, I think that then it turns around where you have to give that organization three ones if you want to make a deal. And no one's giving three ones up for a banged up back. Saquon Barkley is injury prone and you're going to pay $15 million on an injury prone player. Jesus criminy. Saquon Barkley stats. Let's take a look at this guy. Shit, Dalvin Cook's been a better ball player. Okay, okay, Last year he missed 1, year before that he missed 3, the year before that he missed 14, the year before that he missed 4. This guy's been hurt the last 4 years. I wouldn't even tag him tone says. <laughs> no, but he's worth 15 million bucks. Really? Hey. Let me put it let me put it to you this way. Christian McCaffrey at 20 million dollars? No way. And I think that guy's exceptional. And by the way, Barkley is nowhere near McCaffrey. McCaffrey is a superior player to him. But he's banged up. Christian McCaffrey is a superior player to him. Superior. Better cat better pass receiver, better runner. All of it. He's a better ball player. You, hey, if I had to have one or the other guy in my offense, I'm taking the guy in San Francisco. Guy in San Francisco is a better ball player. Shit, Miles Sanders had a good year a year ago. Dalvin Cook's been a better ball player. He's been a better ball player. The Giants, right now, hey, more power to you, man. $15 million. And then you, hey, so get this. Every key position that New York has this year has an injury, an injury prone dude, and one guy who's unproven. And they're all overpaid. Is Darren, hey, let me ask you guys this. You think Darren Waller is overpaid at $18 million a year? How many games has Darren Waller played in the last three years? He's the highest paid tight end. Darren Waller stats. Here's this is New York. Here's Darren Waller. He's the highest paid tight end. Okay, so he played six games last year. Year before that, eleven. You're before that 15. You're before that 16. You're before that none. You're before that three. You pay that guy $18 million? So you got a completely banged up tight end who's overrated. Okay? You got an injury-prone back and a guy who played two games you gave $50 million to basically. Cook played every game last year. Here, that's a good, good good point. J.M. wants to know Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook stats. Oh no, but Barkley's better, right? Well, let's take a look at that. Eleven seventy-three, all seventeen games. Year before that, thirteen games, eleven fifty-nine. Year before that, fourteen games. 1600 yards. Year before that, 1200. In the last four years, he's gained 7,000 yards. Excuse me? And he's 27. Yeah, Barkley's better. Okay. Okay. The, hey. Watching the Giants go through this, okay? Watching the Giants go through this is just a prime example of why they've sucked for two decades. Completely. Why they've sucked. I'm going to say, I got I, I to follow up on this. I got to follow up on this with Kyler Murray because we brought this up yesterday and now everyone has been bringing it up what 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 gets me about where Kyler here let me ask you this if the Arizona Cardinals have the worst record in the league would you trade Kyler Murray would you trade Kyler Murray Look! Look at Dan, Dan. Henry missed eight games in 2021 and still had almost a thousand yards. Um, would you trade Kyler Murray if you're Arizona? And what would the market be? You have the first pick in the draft. Would you trade him? And maybe you get. Another one. Tone goes, yep. Get out while you can. Hey, and by the way, here's what I would say to you. Do you play him? Or do you save him? The same way Houston, remember something about that whole freaky deal with Houston and Deshaun Watson. They didn't play him because he didn't want to get him hurt. He was active every single week that he was in Houston. Do you know that? He was on the active roster. He was never suspended. He was never deactivated. He was at practice, and he collected his paycheck. But the Texans didn't want to play him because they wanted to use him as trade bait, which they ended up with Cleveland. He wasn't suspended ever until he got to Cleveland. Everyone was always like, well, you know, he was under suspension under the, uh, the uh, commissioner's exempt. No, he wasn't. That's not true. Okay? They saved him. If you're Arizona and he's not ready to play by week six, what's the point? What's the point? When you've already got a disgruntled player before you even show up 11 days from now for camp, what's the point? Okay. And what could you get for him? You're going to get, like many of you say, you're going to get a football team that's desperate to get a guy in the building and maybe Lincoln Riley leaves. Because let me tell you this, Lincoln Riley and Southern Cal going to the big 10 is going to be a train wreck. USC is not good enough to play in that conference. You know why? They don't have defensive players. You're not going to go into the Big Ten. You know who they're going to be? They're going to be Iowa. So you, you, you know why? And I'll tell you something else about Lincoln Riley. Why do you think Lincoln Riley left Oklahoma? Why? Because he wanted to coach Southern Cal? He was making more money at OU. Well, when they realized that OU was going to the SEC... He didn't want to get his ass in his face kicked in, nor his resume kicked in. I think he's an overrated coach. He's won nothing. He's produced quarterbacks that have been failures. His best quarterback he's ever had any influence on has been Jalen. What other skilled player? CeeDee Lamb? I think CeeDee Lamb's a good ball player. But would I say he's exceptional? No. No. What other exceptional player has he produced? And don't say Adrian Peterson, because that was under the other guy, Bob Stoops. Name me one football player that you go from Oklahoma that's a skilled player, where you go, wow, that guy's exceptional. CeeDee Lamb you come up with? I thought he was some quarterback guru. Baker Mayfield? Skittish in the pocket. Kyler Murray, skittish in the pocket. Hurts? Interesting. So wait. Wait, Jameson. Who gets credit for Hurts? Sabin failed him and 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 riley gets credit for what for his for what what did lincoln riley do for him got him drafted in the second round okay okay i guess sure i suppose Name me one guy. Dude, everybody, all your media guys in Philly were so clownish. You guys are talking, well, Lincoln Riley's going to be the next football coach in Philadelphia. No, dude, that would have been a train wreck. Lincoln Riley's not that great a coach. He's not the best recruiter. You know what he's doing now? He's telling all the kids, and you know what's making him look better? Is that because you could do this now. Figure this out, Tom. You could sit there with a bag of money at the transfer portal door and go like this, we're Southern Cal, we're out here in Los Angeles, we can give you a bag of money. He's not recruiting. You know what he's doing? He's going around bribing kids. And now bribery is legal in college football. He's bribing guys to come and play at Southern Cal. See, bribery is legal now in college football. That's how he got the kid Addison out of pit. To go to Southern Cal, you bribed them. That will give you more money. Okay, I'm coming. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I mean, Lincoln Riley, and you got Kyler Murray now, dictating policy in Arizona. Whew. Dude. The greatest quarterbacks in the NFL don't talk that obnoxious. He's obnoxious. Kyler Murray is obnoxious. He's obnoxious. He, I mean, it's there's no other way to look at it, but obnoxious. He is. I would not want to I, I I would want to hit him hard and late and illegal. Because I, I I do not like him. You want to hear something crazy? When the 49ers play against the Eagles, I guarantee you those 49 ers players are not going to take anything personal against Jalen Hurts. Even with the way the game played itself out, because Jalen conducts himself like a professional, and there's a lot of respect in the league for Jalen. You Like, if I played on the 49ers and I knew my quarterback got knocked out, I would not be a guy – That's sitting there. You know, Jalen just keeps his mouth shut, doesn't say anything. He doesn't say anything about the turf in Arizona. Doesn't say anything about the the scoop and score. By the way, if you go back in that scoop and score, I'm not sure that that scoop and score was a legal play. Not to make excuses for hurts, but if you go back and watch that play, I don't know if the refs got it right. Okay? I don't know if they got that play right. All that being said, I never hear him say anything. I, hey, and, and one more thing before I move on here. That Nicole Lynn, she's the best agent in the National Football League now. I have never seen an agent construct contracts with no noise. She is exactly what every organization wants to deal with. If I was a player in the NFL, I would want Clutch Sports and her representing me. No noise. Get the deal done. No heartache on both sides. Good feelings. You know, went back and forth. She knows the player. Quentin Williams gets his deal. Jalen Hurts gets. These are, and get this, both of those contracts were record-breaking contracts at the time. She constructed record-breaking contracts with no noise. What an absolute, what an absolute amazing agent that is. You don't want the noise that you saw in Baltimore. You don't want the noise you saw in Green Bay and the Jets uh, moving money and moving Aaron Rodgers' contract over to New York. You don't want any of that. You 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 want to have smooth. Okay. Tremendous man. It's just absolutely tremendous. Okay. So. Hey, by the way, another, another cool note, um, Cliff Kingsbury, you know, you think about what Kyler Murray is. So Cliff Kingsbury had Patrick Mahomes, okay, and Kyler Murray, and he couldn't win with him, okay, and speaking of Mahomes. How many people believe that Patrick Mahomes would be the quarterback today if Andy Reid wasn't his quarterback? How many people believe he'd be as good as he is right now if Andy Reid wasn't his quarterback coach slash offensive coordinator? How good would Mahomes be? How good would he be if he didn't have that coaching? Kind of goes back to what we said about Josh Allen. How would he be the player he is now? He wasn't really all that with Kingsbury at Tech. Did anybody really see that? Of course, some Philly fans will say I did. You know, same guys who lied about Hertz being a second rounder. Okay, whatever. But at the end of the day, nobody saw Patrick Mahomes. Not really even Andy Reid. John Dorsey went down. They recruited him. They had conversations with Kingsbury and Lubbock. They talked to him. They saw him. They know his dad was a baseball player. So he comes from an athletic family. That's right, Barb. He wasn't highly thought of when he came out. He wasn't. But what did Reed do to him? And let me ask you this about McNabb. It looks to me that Mahomes is easier to coach than what McNabb was. I wonder how much fighting Andy had to go through with McNabb privately to get him to do the things that he needed him to do. And I wonder how much pushback McNabb gave him. You know, if I'm Donovan McNabb and I'm watching Patrick Mahomes succeed in Kansas City, I have to really wonder if I allowed Andy to coach me better. And this goes back to what I said. McNabb fought a lot of things in Philly. Did he not? He fought a lot of shit in Philly. To me, it looks like he fought coaching. He's pulled the best out of Mahomes. McNabb fought him. McNabb fought him. So somebody goes here, Mahomes has Kelsey. So he's got one weapon. One weapon. You had Brian Westbrook. Brian Westbrook was a weapon, yet Brian Westbrook, who I thought was one of the, if not the best offensive weapon that you've had for a consistent basis, like I would say this to you, you in Philadelphia, you haven't had a better offensive player over a long period of time, like seven years, that was better than Brian Westbrook, you haven't had one player that put up the numbers over a seven-year period, like Brian did, maybe Shady. Maybe, but when it came to catching the ball and running with the ball and the most versatile player, it's Brian Westbrook
5: BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.
2: Nice buns. Soft, fluffy, and ultra low net carbs. Discover Hero Bread. The delicious ultra low net carb bread.
1: Shady couldn't catch the ball like, like Brian Westbrook could. mm Shady's a good player. But Shady McCoy's not better than Brian Westbrook. I'm talking overall. Probably a better runner. Better runner. But Westbrook was a better all-around player. And great blocker. Especially on third down. He was fantastic. Um... Let's see here. Shady was a great pass catcher too. Jamison. Okay. You take Shady. I'll take Brian Westbrook. Again, it's like flipping. It's like apple pie and cherry pie, right? You're really all right with it. with both guys. Westbrook and Deshaun Jackson. Deshaun Jackson was a good football player too. But again, my my point is I'm not talking. Let me bring it back. Okay. Let me bring it back here. How much did McNabb fight him? Because yesterday, Mahomes was talking about Andy Reid and was giving him kudos and said, I would never be the player that I am right now if it wasn't for Andy Reid. I love him. And I love the fact that he's giving his... See, unlike Kyler Murray, here's a quarterback that's giving his head coach thanks. Same way Brady is when it's talking about Belichick. I would not be the quarterback that I am right now if it wasn't for Andy Reid. And the way Andy Reid sees me as a man and also develops me as a player. We have conversations all the time. This shows you what, what relationship Eric Bieniemy really had with Pat Mahomes. He really didn't have one. Because the guy who's made the biggest influence on Patrick Mahomes, Eric Bieniemy's not in the room really. And everyone knows that. And it's probably why he's had 12 interviews with really no takers as head coach and probably the first time in his coaching career that he's going to get a shot to see if he can be that guy. And I hope he is. But end of the day, his relationship was never with the His relationship was with Reed. Reed never had the – at, at least from me looking at it from above, there's not a chance that I thought Andy Reed had the relationship with Pat with Donovan McNabb that he has with Mahomes. And it's it's just – it's like – and some go. Mahomes is the better player. How do you know that? How do you know there wasn't a lot of pulling and tugging with McNabb? Didn't you guys tell me that he wanted to stop running? Did Andy tell him to stop running? Tone, you were around. Did did Andy tell him to stop running, or was that a McNabb choice? I guarantee you, they probably the only reason they do that in Kansas City now. Is tell McNabb not to, or um, Mahomes not to run is because they don't have anything else. Whose choice was that? You, from what I'm understanding, you guys told me that this was more of a McNabb choice. It felt like it was a McNabb choice. Lord knows who else told him that. Nobody would tell him that. No coach is going to go to you and go stop running when you're moving to change that way too. And we, we, we kind of talked about this yesterday. McNabb was electric, man, early in his career. Then when he stopped running, he became one-dimensional. He was easier to defend. Totally easier to defend. But it's great to hear when you hear players giving acknowledgement to coaches. And why is that important? It's important because it resonates with the rest of the players and the other 52 guys in your locker room, man, I'm getting the best coaching Reed's So great to play for, and you're in that locker room and it's a winning environment. Eagles have that. Now the Eagles don't really have that kind of coaching environment that Kansas city has. See, that's the one thing you have uh, that's different. And that's the difference. And it's a large different difference in locker rooms. 500 said it. The Eagles wanted him to work out in Philly to refine footwork and whatnot. McNabb opted to stay in Arizona. Yeah. McNabb actually, in my opinion, McNabb really was wanted to do things on his own. And he was one of those kind of players. There's a little Kyler Murray in him. I want to do things on my own. I'll prepare for the season. Mahomes and Hurts, these guys are different. Brady taking his guys up to Wyoming. Going to a high school in Tampa. Doing things different. There's a little Kyler Murray in McNabb. Okay? Wanted to do things himself. It's so great to hear that. When you hear players talking about how important a coach is in their life. And you can tell the difference. Have you ever heard Aaron Rodgers give one coach in his entire life credit for his career and for helping him? Have you ever heard him say anything about anybody other than Aaron Rodgers? There's just a different way and how you look at you and you look at a team sport. Like, he's not giving Mike McCarthy credit. He's not talking about um, LaFleur up there in Green Bay. Those guys are nothing. He might give Nathaniel Hackett some love. That's why this always remember this. When 20 years removed from Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre, Packer fans, even though Favre is a hemorrhoid, Favre will be more revered by Packer fans. He was more relatable. The fans liked him. He liked his teammates more. He liked his coaches. He honored Holmgren. Holmgren and him had a great relationship. And that's how that thing all became a great environment. Packer fans will revere Favre more, even though Rodgers was the better player. And you know what? Here's probably the difference, too, when we're talking coaching. And we've been kind of hitting on it. What do you think is a better environment right now in the NFL to go to work at? Kansas City or Philly? What's a better environment? Kansas City. by the way they got a lot of Philly in both there's Andy's taking a lot with him okay what's the better place Kansas City if you were a player walking in where do you feel the most comfortable you're gonna win Philly really It's a tie. Huh. You think it's a better environment in Philadelphia than Kansas City? If you're a player and you walk into the locker room, it's a toss-up? Philly, if you're good in KC, you never get paid. I didn't ask you that. I didn't ask you that. If you're a player right now and you're walking into a locker room, What locker room gives you the confidence that you're going to win a football game every time you step in the locker room? KC wins more right now. Why? It's not just a quarterback. Here's why. When you walk in, they have everything. And yet they don't have everything Philly has. You have all the players. They have all the things that matter. The quarterback and coaching. Set this is a league of coaching and quarterbacking. You can win a Super Bowl with Juju Smith-Schuster. You don't have to win a Super Bowl with A.J. Brown. You can win a Super Bowl with Edelman. You don't have to win a Super Bowl with Mike Evans. You can but it's not essential to have a top flight wideout. Who are the top flight wideouts in the NFL? AJ? Not one one. Devontae? Not one one. Justin Jefferson? Not one one. Huh. Interesting. All the all the top five guys that you would call the top five wideouts haven't won Super Bowls. Interesting. You gotta have the quarterback. And you got to have the coaching. And Casey, it's not the locker room that gives you confidence. It's the quarterback and head coach. Yeah, but what I'm saying, when I walk into the locker room and I know my head coach has won Super Bowls and my coordinator has won Super Bowls and my other coordinator has won Super Bowls, I know when I walk in, we're going to win every game and we're favored to win. No matter who, what players are sitting on stools next to me, it doesn't matter. Kansas City they they have everything from the top down. Yeah, no, no, I'm, I, I, I get it, I get it. We're saying the same thing, tone. See, when you when you walk in, see, this year when you walk into Philly, the question there has to be a question mark with this. Well, what a, okay, here, I got a perfect question. I want to write it down because you know my, you know my CTE. I want I want to ask this question about Sean DeSai and Ben Johnson. So let's do this. Hit the hit the like button, and I got a question for you about the offense coordinators in Philly. Okay, keep it here on the National Football Show.
0: Hi everybody, my name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at Dry Tech. At DryTech we offer three major services. The first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you're having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online.
3: EAGLES Eagles
1: I hate to do I hate to do this to um Philly fans I do I hate to do this to you man but so James Harden's publicly saying he wants out of Philly what is the holdup or is it just that you can't get rid of them? I would never keep a guy on my team, on my roster that doesn't want to stay in a city like that. What is the point? Dude, I don't want you either. Now, whether they can't move them, They can't move him. All of that charade in the offseason about these phantom $200 million deals were just that. There's nobody on the planet that wants to pay him $36 million. Do you know the money that the Sixers will give him if he stays in town? He's overpaid. Man. And he's telling you to go F yourselves. I don't want to be here. Dude, I don't know about you, but haven't you done that enough? How many players are you going to go through with the Sixers that keep telling you, I don't want to play here, and keep them? How does that make sense? How, I mean, how does that make – how many times are you going to go through this whole scenario – with players telling you they don't want to play for your franchise and in your city, and take it. What a shitty organization. Dude, don't ever talk to me about the Sixers and their process. And the people that cover the Sixers should be ashamed of themselves. You cover a franchise that every year you've got a player that says, I don't want to play here. What is wrong with you? What is wrong with you? How do you tolerate that? Man, you got a guy publicly going around and telling people, I'm demanding a trade, and I don't. What's the difference between him and Ben Simmons? Nothing. 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 Jesus criminy. Man, I'll tell you what you do. And you can't do it because people have to cover shit because it's their job. I get it. But end of the day, man, covering the Sixers. Seriously. it's It's like covering somebody with a cardiac arrest. You're constantly with heart pains. There's just nothing but misery. What a... Absol- and this has been 15 years of this shit. Dude. Dude, you know what? That's right, Tone. Tone goes, I'll never take this. Here, here's something else for you. I'm trading Joel Embiid. Some of you go, what? You know why I'm trading Joel Embiid? This is what happens in Philly when it comes to the Sixers and they talk about their process, and they talk about, get this, and they talk about building a championship team. This is who they are. Watch this. They rip the page halfway down. Instead of ripping the thing up, tossing it, and starting over. You, You rip it halfway through, and you think you're rebuilding. And you're not rebuilding anything. Listening to WIP or the fanatic or reading the newspaper on the Sixers coverage, even us, it's nauseating. That's what just said. I'm resetting. I'm training him. Give me all the picks I don't have. Let me go try to find something. Let me build. And by the way, let me get a general manager. That's good. Dude, go get, go get, go get the guy that they that just resigned with the with the uh, Warriors. Go get him, Bob Myers. Go get Bob Myers. Bring Bob Myers in. Let him build a championship team for you. That's right. And beats value will never be as high as it is right now. Okay will never be as high. Jameson goes, so when did Sil start covering the NBA? Jameson, you must be under some sort of uh, not understanding of what my background is. I've been a sports talk radio guy for 34 years with some of the highest ratings in the history of sports radio. With some of the biggest accolades dude <laughs> for years for years jameson i won shit like this like 10 years in a row as one of the best local sports talk hosts in america i didn't think we think i just cover football i've, I've won hundreds of these When did he know anything about poop? It's all good, Jameson. You know me, I'm Italian. I'm a little sensitive. <laughs> yeah. uh, Dan Ringo's working out with Buddha Baker. Don't worry, come trade deadline. He'll be moved too. Jameson, all good, dude. You don't have to apologize ever, man. Okay? Ever. Don't ever have to. Okay? Dan Cilio, sports take. Oh, they're mine from Amazon. Oh, yeah, no, I mean, yeah. I'm not, hey, you have me mistaken. I'm not that mechanically inclined. By the way, Niner guy, you in here? There he is, Niner all day. Purdy's on pace to be the starting quarterback for the opening. Who do you guys play in the opener? Who do the 49ers play in the opener? Let me guess, the Edmonton Eskimos. Who do do the Niners play? Let me guess, the BC Lions. Who, who, who do the 49ers play? You ain't playing anybody like Philly does. You ain't got the schedule. 49ers open up with the Toronto Argonauts or the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. That's who they got opening with, right? The 40 Winers. Yeah. Oh, man. Not in Pittsburgh? You guys open in... You guys open with the Steelers. Holy cow, Brock Purdy could get that wing busted going against T.J. Watt and my boy uh, Hayward. That's going to be interesting. Here's my take on Brock Purdy this year. Will Brock Purdy be with the 49ers, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers name? (laughs) The Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Here's... (laughs) Hey... Don't worry, Brock Purdy will be quarterbacking the Winnipeg Blue Bombers in two years. Okay? That Brock Purdy, where's, where, whatever happened to Brock Purdy? Sills, he's in Saskatchewan. He's in vagina? No, no, no. Regina. That's what I said. Okay, Trump. It's not China. It's China. <laughs> no, I said Gina. No, no, no. Okay. It's China. Okay. That's what I said. He's in vagina, Saskatchewan. No. Regina. Oh, okay. Okay. Big <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Sills was almost a rough rider. So I will, hey, I made a visit, man. I made a visit. I was almost a Saskatchewan rough rider. So I can't goof too much on it there. Absolutely, man. All right. So let me let me let me throw this at you here. Shit! I ripped my page up that I wrote my notes down on. Congratulations! All right. Sean decide the D coordinator and Brian Johnson the offensive coordinator. What are they going to add? The Eagles had the second ranked defense in the NFL. Right? 70 sacks. Jalen Hurts had an MVP year. What are these two two dudes that are, like, coming out of kindergarten, going to offer their respected sides of the football? Add diversity. I'm sorry. What's... Diversity? Offense doesn't change with Brian Johnson. So he brings nothing. Okay. That's not a bad thing. That's not a bad thing. But it's not going to be the same. It's not going to be the same. Never is. Decide was part of Hertz's development. Where was that? Best leave me alone. (laughs) We knew Steichen and Gannon were gone before the season. What are these two guys bringing? They're going to bring something. Tone goes, the short answer is, I don't know. That's scary, kind of. So usually when you hire a coordinator like a Brian Schottenheimer or a Kyle Shanahan or a Matt LaFleur or a McDaniel or a McVeigh, or anyone like that. You kind of know what a blueprint. Or or Frank Reich. Or Doug Peterson. You kind of know an identity of what they are and who they are. So you're going to go into a game against Bill Belichick in week one. With coordinators that don't have an identity on what they're doing. You know, that may not be that bad an idea. That might. The element of Unknown may actually, I never thought about this, but do you know what? The element of unknown of who they are may play into an advantage for Philadelphia because the one thing that, hey, I'm not saying this in a goof either. I'm not saying this in a goof. I'm saying this in a strategy. The the least I know about Brian Johnson and the least I know about Sean Desai might be the better because how do you game plan? You're not going to be able to get a good game plan on the Eagles offense and defense. You're just going to have an idea until you see three games where you can start to see some trends. That may play into an advantage. Brian Johnson has been in the offense for the past two seasons. So again, though, um, but Tone, again, they're running the same offense in Buffalo. Did that offense look different with uh, Dorsey running it than with Dable running it? Every coordinator brings something different to the table, and you see it play out every year. So I doubt things change much. They always do. So when you say it's status quo, that doesn't go down status quo every single coordinator that changes it's different when they went from mike nolan in dallas to dan quinn did you notice a difference same personnel did you notice a difference yes you see to me i think the strategy I actually think the strategy might be better just not knowing. Yes. Sills was Dorsey on the staff when David was there. Yeah, he was the quarterback coach. Uh, Joe, uh, who's the quarterback coach now? Joe Barry's the quarterback coach. He's the QB coach in, um, in Buffalo. Ken Dorsey's the OC Dorsey was a quarterback coach. Dable was the OC. So, yes, nothing changed. They, he just got elevated to OC. Well, that team looked different. Carson Wentz looked different. There's never been a quarter, there's never been a coordinator change where you didn't know the identity of what that guy was. Even with the same playbook. I'm with you, Tone. They're not going to change the playbook. Why would they? They have phenomenal success. See, to me, if me, this is what i bring. And this would be, this is my opinion on what I think these guys bring to the table, okay? If I'm Brian Johnson, I give Jalen more latitude to pick plays and to go into the game plan and say, let me see what you want to do. And then after three weeks of football, I'm going to have more of a sense and a feel of the game through him. I can't as an offensive coordinator in an RPO system in any way, shape, or form dictate and hamper or prohibit anything when it comes to Jalen Hurts. I cannot do that. So to me, I'm going to take a wait and see because I'm on the side of the ball that has the most talent and the most professional talent. And the most experienced talent and the most NFL experience. So for me, instead of being a gung ho coordinator like many of these guys who want to make their hay immediately, because what are they all trying to do? Brian Johnson wants to be an NFL head coach. Well, to me, I'd be patient, sit back, and just wait and see how this plays out and see how Jalen plays. What does he like? What does he like at third and short? What is he like second eight on the minus 25-yard line? What is he like midfield? What is he like on the right hash? Does he like to roll? Does he like to get out in the perimeter? All these things you've seen on film, there's a difference here. You're the play caller with the quarterback now. So you've got more of an influence instead of just being a guy watching film. You see, before, Brian Johnson watched film with some input. Now he is the input. That's why the best coaches, in my opinion, are the guys that do this. What do you see? What do you feel? That's why having an experienced quarterback on the side, too. If you ever noticed, Brady always had, what was that guy, Brian Hoyer? He always had somebody on the side that was there with him, and it went through a quarterback size. One of the reasons that I thought Frank Reich was a really great and super coordinator and why he really knows how to really build boutique offenses he was the backup to jim kelly and so kelly relied on him and and you got to remember something about frank frank was involved in the two greatest comebacks in college and in nfl history the playoff game against the oilers when he was the bills when kelly went out and the game against us when he was at maryland and beat miami from 31 down and he built all these offenses I always thought him and then with Doug being a backup quarterback, those guys had a great sense of what they saw in the game because they sat on the sidelines helping the main starter out. I think Mariota's going to be good for Jalen on the side. I do. Hey, you know why I like – tell you what. I like Mariota more than any quarterback San Francisco has in their building, and that includes Purdy. I, I, You know – You know, the 49er fans, it's funny because they're so sold on Purdy. Really? Okay. We'll find out. We found out one thing last year. He's not very durable. Now, was that luck? I don't know if it's luck. Every quarterback at San Francisco gets killed. Is that really luck? Or is that just, okay, Kyle Shanahan? I don't know yet. You know, I mean... Are you sure? I mean, the way they talk about Brock Purdy, you would think they're looking at Montana. I don't know. Okay? I mean, he shows signs of being, you know, I've said this before. One of the reasons that I think Purdy is good is because Brock Purdy played four years at Iowa State, and he's played a ton of football. And I like, I mean, you look at Trey Lance, hey, when Tone, I, when I look at Trey Lance's highlights, I actually have to YouTube, this guy's thrown 417 passes in the last five years. And I, I, I watched Brock Purdy play four years at Iowa State, and actually I saw him play a hell of a football game against Hertz when Hertz was at OU. I mean, there's some game film to the kid. And he wants some ball games. Hey, I think the kid may be a player. All right. Philly Godfather is going to join us at 5.30 Eastern. Do me a favor. Please hit the like button. Power hour coming up. Keep it here on the National Football Show.
2: Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app.
3: And the big story on action news. Search
2: 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit. And the hits. Go for the stakes. And the stakes. <laughs> yes, really don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. Alright, here we go. Let's hear the crap. <sighs> so Mama, go. Oh, Mama!
5: She did it. Again?
1: You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh-huh. uh-huh. I'm not up with this anymore. What are you- National football show, King of Prussia this fall. Make sure you get your backsides out there because we will be making appearances at the local Hooters there. And we're looking forward to that. We really are. And Phil, the owner of the place and my relationship with Hooters over 35 years, I absolutely love that company. They do such great work in communities. And we are so absolutely proud of the fact that we're going to be in King of Prussia a lot this year um, at the Hooters. So make sure you come up and grab a cold one. We'll be doing some shows up there. We may be doing some shows in Philly also. I think Joe and Xander are working on that. So you may see us in Atlantic city. I don't know yet. I know we're working on a whole bunch of stuff and we also have, um, Joe will kill me, but I'm not going to say anything, but we have some um, stuff that we're working on with the show that is going to um, really expand it. We'll just say that. And we're looking forward to that as well. So a um, lot of stuff ahead. And we appreciate all you guys uh, coming aboard with us as you do each and every single day. Hey, real quick, don't forget Philly Godfather, five 30 Eastern time. will join us. And we're going to talk with our friend. Um, I think this is pretty cool. What do you guys know about AI? Artificial intelligence. What do you know about it? I actually think this thing's cool. Because you know what it's going to do? It's going to do something that I really love. That people are going to hate. And why I like it. Okay? Do Do you guys know anything about artificial intelligence? Well, supposedly there's now a documentary coming out with Wilt Chamberlain and Wilt is voice and the family are taken. And they said, it was great to hear Chamberlain's voice again and see Wilt. And there's this documentary that's coming out on Wilt Chamberlain. And to me, um, pretty soon you won't need actors. Just like you don't need reporters. Pretty soon you're going to be able to go back and get Marlon Brando and have Marlon Brando star in movies, would you be okay with that? Would you be okay with a movie um, about Babe Ruth, with Babe Ruth in it, if they made it so that they could bring Babe Ruth back to life using artificial intelligence? Or, Or some of your favorite athletes that have since passed on, would you like to see that? Would you like to see Bill Russell talking about today's NBA um, and giving his take on today's NBA? Would you like to see Mickey Mantle? Um, Some of your favorite players, Chuck Bednarik. Okay? That is why the strike is on. I love it. Hollywood guys with no political views is the best thing for me. Awesome. Because I just want to watch a movie. I don't give a shit what your politics are. Go make a movie, guy. Artificial intelligence. Great. Weed those guys out. I think it's great. (laughs) I don't need you anymore or your opinions. Okay? Remember, I'm the consumer. Now, again... You want to be an activist. How about if you brought out, hey, we bring Ali back. But Ali, oh, my God. You've got to make Ali with AI. Oh, my God. So my kid can see what Muhammad Ali was like when he was younger, the poet, the activist, the fighter. Oh, my God, would that be great. Bring Jerome back? Man, Kobe? Can you imagine a documentary now with Kobe Bryant in AI? What's wrong with that? Dude, don't be so stupid with Dude. Okay? It's it, it's called technology. There's nothing wrong with technology. What do you think this is like? Like um, like Terminator? Cybernetics. <laughs> They're taking over the world. He's down 180 pounds. Maria. (laughs) Maria, the pounds. They're taking the pounds off me. I love it. Tom Landry. Buddy Ryan. Having Buddy Ryan. Tone goes, whoa. I don't know, Sills, it's a slippery slope. You keep talking, and and you'll be the next Sills. Oh, my God. So, like, so wait a minute. What's the movie where the thing where, like, um, they had the, uh, where, where, like, they cloned people? What was that movie? Because are you guys talking about something like that? What was the clone movie with Sutherland's father in it? Okay. What's, what's, what, not Blade Runner. What was the one with the. Keith Sutherland's father in it. Um, What was the name of that movie that they had? Yes. Hey, Skynet is coming for you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what was the name of that, man? Oh, that movie where they were cloning people. Donald Sutherland was in that movie. Yes. And animal body snatchers way to go Quan! invasion of the body snatchers <laughs> oh tone doesn't like that whoa i don't want anything kind of messing around with with real life i don't know okay jm goes seals is out of his lane with this topic why i'd like to see babe ruth do a documentary out of my lane Nobody is out of their lane in any way, shape, or form with an opinion. You just don't like the lane they're in. Always remember that, dog. It ain't your lane to be in. It's a little scary. I've seen too many terminator films. <laughs> uh the chip. Okay. <laughs> I've seen too many Terminator films. <laughs> I love Terminator too, by the way. Oh man. Hey, that's right, Ben. Otani is here. I can't wait to see what happens with Otani. I'm not sure he's not going to be traded by the trading deadline. Hey, by the way, also too. Okay, by the way, um, they're saying that the Phillies are the Phillies are not in on Otani. You'd have to give him Harper and a whole shitload, and you don't have a lot in your minor league system. You're not in on Otani, okay? Seals, you gotta watch the Arnold documentary on Netflix. It's pure. Go- I I love Arnold. I actually I absolutely do. Okay, Otani to the Giants? No. Um, Yankees, Mets, Seattle. Um, I don't know Padres because they lost that television deal. Dodgers, maybe. Cubs have the money. Okay. Part of my job is writing code. JM is a code writer. Cybernet is taking over the world along with Elon. Elon Musk. Yeah. Holy cow. You guys, too much, man. Absolutely too much. Okay. So, wait. Did we come up with has any tone tone gave me this one hey by the way philly godfather 530 a couple minutes will be with us so tell me out here what is sean decide bringing to the defense this year we kind of got a little bit with brian johnson what's the side bringing to the defense this year that's going to confuse andy reed what, what what what's he going to bring Jordan Davis yeah. adjustments so you think they're doing different shit they were second ranked they were the second ranked defense so you're going to you're going to add more adjustments to the defense that was second ranked aggression that's not coaching Oh wait, you could be an aggressive coach. More, more. Oh, so you're saying more blitzes? Something Philly hasn't done since Jim Johnson, or actually Jim Schwartz. Get get this. For hey, Sean DeSai and Jonathan Gannon are the softest defensive coordinators that the Philadelphia Eagles have ever had. But it's by design. It's not. They're not soft humans. But this is the way to eat. It's the way the league plays today. Tone, you may have brought this up a couple months ago, and you know what? I think he may be right here. No one can confuse Andy Reid at this point. All you could do is slip a cheeseburger in his playbook and hope that helps. And maybe wide those ropes on Big Red. Big Red looks. Hey, hey, Tone. Big Red looks like a float in the Macy's Day Parade, bro. With, with with them ropes on it, you you're not. Hey, you would you would confuse Big Red in a Macy's Day float. You get him up there, man. There's Big Red up there. Is that Indy Reed? Yep. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, man. That's Big Red up there. Look at him, man. He's got he's got antlers on too. <laughs> yeah, he's got antlers. Desires is Elite, is he? Okay. He's elite now. Your quarterback's elite after one year. Your coordinator's elite and hasn't coordinated anything. But you got elite. Um. Okay. Told you, America. NFL is. <laughs> oh man, dude. I think. Listen once again. I don't know what he brings and what they're going to allow him to bring. But I am under the I am under now the belief in the NFL today, and I'm going to go with Hugh Douglas. Okay? I'm going to go with Hugh Douglas here. Do you, do, tone everyone. You guys think you have to have a top 10 defense to win a Super Bowl? Do you think you have to have a top 10 defense to win a Super Bowl? Tom goes, no. Do do you? Like, do me a favor, somebody. What was Kansas City's defense ranked? No better opponents, better quarterbacks they played. So, you know, maybe a little unfair compared to the because I think the Eagle defense was overrated last year because they just didn't play against good people, but not their fault, not their fault, totally not their fault. And they killed teams, so they did everything they had to do. KC <clears throat> was eighth, Spagnola. But how are you get, get this? So, Tone just said KC was eighth with six rookies at one time starting. On a defense that was in the AFC. 11th. Still, would you agree? Six rookies at one time or another starting for the Chiefs. And you started two rookie corners in the Super Bowl against Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown. I find that pretty, pretty amazing. Okay. Think of that. They started two rookie corners against you. And you had the better, better wideout group for sure. How did they slow you down? How did the Chiefs slow down those guys? How did they slow them down? It's coaching. Spagnola, right? What is the side going to bring that's going to be a factor against... Hey, hey, let me do this. How's Sean side going to stop... Let's do the most important thing. What's the side dude that you think stops Patrick Mahomes? What's he bring to the table? Because the only improvement you've made on defense... Now, it's not a fair comment because... Jalen Carter could be an upgrade to Javon Hardgrave. And personally... By the end of the year, he might be. He might be. I think he's going to be better against the run, and I think he's going to be a better pass rusher. And that guy got $20 million. Okay? You you know, and Tone put the numbers up of uh, Quentin Williams. Dude, I'm hoping he goes and tracks that way, like Quentin Williams. If you get Quentin Williams in the middle of that defense, Wow. Okay. If you get Quentin Williams, and that kid Jalen Carter turns out to be Quentin Williams, because I never thought Javon Hardgrave was a really great run stopper. Okay? Look at Quan. We put 420 yards on that special spags defense. And they put an L on you. And they put an L. L, L, two in a row, actually L's, not one L, two L's and at your own barn, <laughs> two L's, two L's, hey, what, what did, did, did the receivers have a hundred yards in that game, did they, did the receivers have 100 yards against those rookie corners? How, how did the receivers do against those rookie corners? Jalen threw for 375 yards, so somebody caught something. Somebody had to have 100 yards. Wasn't it AJ? I thought AJ had 100. I thought AJ had like 111 or something. Didn't he? Okay. Keon, my takes are never dismantled, son. Your poor view is. Okay. Seven catches for Jalen, or uh, for Devontae, for 100. And Brown, six catches for 96. No, good. Goddard, six catches for 60. And you didn't win a Super Bowl? Jesus. Hold on here. 11, 12, 13. So 20 catches between three dudes almost. And Smith averaged 14 yards a catch and Brown averaged 16 yards a catch. You didn't win a Super Bowl? What happened? Juju Smith Schuster must have went crazy. Did he? I forget. Did receive? Hey, 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 uh, Tone, what what did what did um Smith Schuster have in the game? Did did any wide receiver for Kansas City have hundred yards? Was had had to be Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. So no Kansas City wide receiver had hundred yards, and you guys had all those stats. Holy shit! Schuster had fifty three yards. What did Kelsey have? Come on, Kelsey had to have a hundred and twenty. He had to have 120. Kelsey had 81. So wait a minute here. Smith-Schuster had 53 yards catching. Kelsey had 81. How'd you lose that game? Look at all these stats. Devontae Smith, seven catches, 100 yards. A.J. Brown, six for 96. Goddard, six for 60. The next guy had 18 yards. How'd you lose that game? You mean you couldn't keep the ball on your side of the... You couldn't keep the offense on the field long enough in the fourth quarter to run the clock out? Gee, I wonder why. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Why couldn't you run the clock out in the fourth quarter? Oh, you couldn't run the ball. Wait a minute. I thought you had the best offensive line. What happened to the best offensive line? What happened? What happened? So the one thing that Tone said when we started this show, do you know what he said? It was either yesterday or today. Tone goes, you know how teams or people were saying about the Eagles, how they couldn't close games out? And I I forget, it was yesterday or today. And they were talking about the defense, about closing games out. What was that, Tone, yesterday or today? <laughs> what was that, yesterday or today? I forget. You guys remember we couldn't – it reared its head, didn't it? You know, I'm very proud to know now that there's another guy in Philadelphia that pisses people off, probably more than me, okay? And, it see, he wears it like a merit badge. Like I do. And we're going to do something today with the Philly Godfather. We're going to play over or under with him. And we're going to do this. And by the way, this fall, I think we're going to do a lot with Philly Godfather. And he's going to have a show soon. That's to be announced. I'm probably laying an egg that I shouldn't be laying right now. But all that being said, let's bring our friend in, Philly Godfather. He joins us now congratulations to you, man. I found a guy who's hated more in Philly than me. <laughs>
6: uh, it hasn't been easy, but uh, I'm doing it this year. Last year, they loved me, like I told you. Had the Eagles' future at 30-1 to 1. this year. They hate my guts. I keep pumping out those Dallas futures. I just keep, you know, stirring the pot, and they keep getting, you know, more pissed off at me. So it's uh, we're going to have fun this year.
1: You think <laughs> he's the MVP this year, huh?
6: He's got a good shot. I mean, he's got a very good shot. That offensive is loaded. Uh, he's one of the best deep passers in the league. People don't know this. Uh, if you look at the uh, advanced metrics last year, I think he was like number three or number four over 20 yards. He's been injured last couple of years. The year he got really hurt was the year he was lighting up the league. People forget he was breaking all kinds of records. This year, I think he's finally uh, 100% healthy. Uh, he got rid of Zeke. So there's no turmoil in the locker room, uh, you know, at the running back position. So any headaches that came from there are gone. Uh, and like you said, they picked up Brandon Cooks. I mean, they still got land. They still they're still loaded on offense. Uh, they're going to put a lot of Stephon yards Gilmore. and a lot of points.
1: They added Stephon Gilmore in the corner position, so they improved there as well.
6: Yeah, yeah. So they got a shutdown corner. Their defense last year, their defensive line. I think they had the fourth most amount of sacks in the league last year. Uh, one of the most injured teams in football. Dallas, the thirteenth most injured team in the NFL last season. So if they can stay healthy, they're going to make some noise. In the NFC, where, like I said, you got the Birds, you got the Cowboys, and San Fran, and then you drop off a little bit with Seattle and Detroit.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree. So, I, I as I mentioned, I'm going to play a little over-under with you here. Um, over-under, Jalen Hurts throws for 4K.
6: Last year, I had the over in his passing yards. Uh, this year, I'm going to say under. I don't think their offense can stay as healthy as it was last year. If Lane Johnson goes down, we talked about this the other day, it's a nightmare. Um
1: AJ- Plus, how about this? Plus, they lose 1,300 yards rushing. You know, they've got a collection of backs that people, for whatever reason, they think they're going to be players. Even though some of these guys can't stay healthy, they think all of a sudden they're going to found, find the fountain of health in Philadelphia where they haven't been in their entire career. That's going to be something to look at if they can duplicate what they did with that backfield last year with those 1,300 yards rushing.
6: Yeah, and and they had a lot of extended drives. I mean, they converted so many fourth downs. The percentage was through the roof. I think the NFL, you know, the teams are going to look at that. They're going to slow that down. Uh, The average is right around 50%. They were at like 70%, which is a crazy number uh brown the wide receiver he kind of stayed healthy last year but he's got a history of being banged up so if he you know if you regress back to the norm with his history and he only plays seven or eight games uh those yards are gonna i would go under jalen hurts i'll go under
1: over under 30 touchdowns passes mm. 22 say, a year ago
6: yeah i would say under
1: so he's under 4k and he's under 30 td passes is he elite
6: He's still pretty good. I don't know if he's elite. I mean, I didn't – you know, he looked great last year. But uh, anytime they played a team that ranked in the top ten in sack percentage, uh, they split with Washington. They split with the Cowboys. They lost to the Chiefs. They beat the Colts by a point. So when you're playing against these teams that come after the quarterback and if the Eagles' offensive line is a little unhealthy, he's not going to be the same.
1: Will the Eagles, for the first time in franchise history – have a hundred catch wide receiver? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, so Devontae and AJ will not have. Isn't that a crazy stat that the Eagles have never had a wide receiver with a hundred catches in a re- respected season? Even Terrell Owens. I mean, now you got hurt at the end of the year <laughs> that one year, but still they've never had a hundred catch wide receiver in the history of the franchise.
6: Well, I mean, think back when's the last time they had that? You know McNabb was pretty good, but he wasn't at that A plus level. the The Eagles have really never had an A plus quarterback. Well, I can't remember one. I mean, when's the last A plus quarterback they've had?
1: But you don't think McNabb was a was a was a franchise quarterback?
6: He was good. He was. He had his moments. Uh, you know, in clutch situations, obviously not. Uh, but he he didn't really have too many wide receivers around him. I mean, when they got Owens, they lit it up. Uh, he so was. What was that?
1: Deshaun Jackson.
6: Yeah. You know, he's you know, he spreads the field, but
1: I'm with you. you know,
6: and there's only one Deshaun Jackson in the world. I mean, you know how fast he is, but yeah. But I, I would make I would make McNabb like a B plus A minus type of quarterback.
1: Okay. Eagles over under twelve wins. That's tough. I say under. Under twelve wins.
6: NFC That's East got right. tough. And if the Cowboys got better, the Giants are going to be <laughs> pretty good. Washington, they're a wild card, but they got some talent on that team. Uh, Eagles' schedule, number one schedule. They got a target on their back. Last year, they went 7-1 and one on the road, but the teams they faced had a combined record of like 52-80-4. and 80 and four. A bunch of bad teams. They barely beat the Colts by a point. They beat the Lions by three. They beat Arizona by three on the road. The Texans were playing them tough into the fourth quarter. They're not going seven and one again on the road this year.
1: Wow. Okay.
6: And and, and this year, I'm sorry. And and this year, on they got an added road game, and they're playing four teams on the road this year that are favored to make the playoffs. It's a much tougher road schedule.
1: Over under the Eagles make it to the NFC title game.
6: Hmm. If they can stay healthy, they can get there. But they're going to have to play Dallas, and they're going to lose. <laughs> <laughs>
1: 1980.
6: This time, they're losing.
1: Hey, okay. Over under, the Eagles win the East.
6: No, they're not winning the East. Nobody repeats. Nobody repeats, Dan. You know, it's been 20 years. In the last 10 years, I think the Cowboys have won in four times. The Eagles have won in four times. They've been going back and forth.
1: So they don't win the East, okay. Um, over under, Eagles score thirty or more points
6: for what in a game?
1: Yeah, for a season. Thir- over under, they score thirty points a game.
6: Oh, last year average? Yeah. And what is it this year? Thirty or forty?
1: Last year I thought it was like twenty eight five or something like that. And,
6: and what it- do you got? What do you got this year? Thirty. Uh, no, under under uh, <laughs> they're gonna really hate my guts and Philly, ain't they?
1: <laughs> <laughs> so wait they're not winning the east okay <laughs> they're gonna score less points all right all right all right. how about this the defense gives up 25 and a half over under they give up this year uh
6: 25 and a half points per game i could see it under I could see it on there. They've still got a good defensive line. They've lost. They lost. Uh, they lost five starters on the defense. So that's hard to replace, man. Five
1: top tacklers. Yeah, that's
6: just hard. That's that's a lot of production on the defensive side of the ball.
1: How about this? Let me throw this question out at you now. Um, factor or no factor, the coordinators are the most inexperienced coordinators in the NFL.
6: Yeah, definitely a factor. I mean, coaches are huge in the NFL. You know that. Um, but how good was the guy they replaced on the defensive? Ah, you know, I'm not sure how good he was. Uh, game plan wise, you know, he was a little suspect. Uh, they exceeded all expectations last year with their pass rush. So, uh, yeah, coaches play a major role in the NFL. Absolutely.
1: I want to ask you about a couple games now. The first game of the year against New England. So you're going to have. Um, Brian Johnson versus Bill Belichick in that first game versus arguably one of the greatest coordinators of all time. Um, Right now, from what I'm understanding, you helped me out on this. I think the point spreads five. right? Do you think that game is a little bit more closer and will tell us a little bit more about where the Eagle defense is? Because I think we all agree the Eagle offense is going to be pretty good this year. But does that tell us a little bit more on maybe some of the deficiencies, because Belichick's going to expose weakness.
6: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm I'm actually hoping the game goes up to minus seven, and I'll take the Patriots plus seven, even though I think the Eagles win the game. Uh, The Patriots last year were ranked in the top ten in sack percentage, so they're one of the type of teams that the Eagles – had problems with last year when they were really good. This year, I don't think they're as good. So I think the Patriots can give them a little bit of a run for the money. I think the Eagles win that game by a field goal. It's going to be tough. you got a great coach in Belichick. Uh, Patriots got a little bit better. Their division's really stacked, so it's hard to really gauge where they're going to end up at the end of the year. They're still going to be a good team, regardless of their win-loss record. They're going to give the Eagles a run for the money. Uh, At plus five, you know, I would wait because I think the public's going to get involved and bet the Eagles. Everyone's enamored with this Eagles team. Uh, all the hype, all the media, uh, all, all the big guys on TV love the Eagles. So if, they, if that line can go up a little bit, even if it goes to six, I'll probably nibble a little bit on the Patriots at plus six.
1: Three teams I want to ask you over on the AFC side. Your take on the Chiefs. Um, they upgraded uh, some places on on in the draft. They still, though, Godfather, they don't have a lot of skilled guys outside of Kelsey on that offense, but it didn't matter. Do they make it back to the AFC title game?
6: Man, Mahomes is so good. He's so electrifying. He's just, you know, I mean.
1: I think the Bengals are right there.
6: Yeah, the Bengals are there. I mean, even with Aaron Rodge, if, if, if the Jets can tighten up that offensive line, the Jets are dangerous. You got the, the Chargers, who got a lot better. There's, their coach is a little suspect, and they got they got arguably the best quarterback in the league. And Justin Herbert, you got Herbert, you got Mahomes, you got Joe Burrow, who I love. Bengals are really good. I mean, the AFC is so stacked. Uh, but Andy Reid is so good. I mean, he's there. They're battle-tested. There's nothing anyone's going to throw at Andy Reid or Mahomes at this point that's going to fool them. Uh, if they can stay healthy, they got a possibility – If I would have to bet it, I would say no. But I don't want to bet it, and that's the option I have as a sports better. I don't have to bet it, and I can just sit back and watch it. All
1: right. I'm going to take Mahomes out of this, and I'm going to ask you a couple of these questions. If you had to start your team with Jalen Hurts or Josh Allen, who are you taking? Josh Allen. (laughs) Okay, hang on. If you had to start your football team with Jalen Hurts or Justin Herbert, who are you taking? (laughs) That's not even a question, Justin Herbert. I think Tone, is, I think tone has ended it. <laughs> <laughs> what did you say? Hey, Justin <laughs> Herbert or Jalen Hurts?
6: Herbert. By my, I, Philadelphia's going to really hate my guts. Hold on. I'm
1: not done with you yet. <laughs> 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 hey, hold on. Lamar Jackson, Jalen Hurts.
6: I think, man, it's tough because Lamar could be injury pro moving forward. Uh, he's a smaller quarterback. Man, it's tough. I would take Hurts.
1: Hurts over Lamar? Wow. Yeah,
6: I would take him. Listen, the, the year he was tearing up the league, the MVP season, I was the only guy in the world who was on Twitter saying the Ravens are not going to win one playoff game this year. They destroyed me all year. Then they go into playoffs, and they don't win one playoff game. You know, you, the playoffs are diff, a are different animal for these teams. The, the field just, you know, the defenses get better. Um, I would take Hurts. I would take Hurts.
1: Burrow or Hurts if you're no, Burrow. Burrow. Okay, hold on. So we got Allen, Herbert, Burrow. I, I'm not done yet with you. Hold on here. Rodgers or Hurts?
6: At this point in his career?
1: Right now. If you had to win a game this year, would you take Hurts or Rodgers?
6: I mean, if you put Rodgers on that Eagles team last year, they win the there Super Bowl. <laughs> i give game. you Rodgers. Give me Rodgers. Give me Aaron Rodgers.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right, hang on. I'm not. Wait. If you had to win a game this year, Dak or Hurts?
6: That's pretty close. Uh, this year, I'll take Dak. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Worry, I'm just being honest. I'm just being honest.
1: Oh my God. So right now we have Mahomes, Allen, Herbert, Burrow, Rogers, Dak. That you would take over Jalen right now. Is that correct?
6: I told you he's a good quarterback. I don't know if he's elite.
1: Okay. I don't think he's, yeah. So you you okay. Tua or Hertz. I like hurts. <laughs> Why did that hurt though?
6: <laughs> be, be, you know, I'm um, weighing two. If Tua gets hit the right way, he might never play again. Like you know what I mean.
1: But but I tell you what, he did show he can win.
6: Oh, he, he had a good year last year. He he played he played <laughs> that Dolphins team is stacked. I mean, they played the the Bills tough in the play. I, that Dolphins team is tough this year. They're gonna they're gonna give people a run for the money. That Dolphins team.
1: Okay. With Sean Payton, Russell Wilson, or Jalen Hurts?
6: Is it Russell Wilson on the Broncos and Jalen Hurts on the Eagles?
1: It's Russell Wilson this year with Sean Payton.
6: Mm. That's tough. I'll take Hurts.
1: <laughs> I looked like you flipped a coin there.
6: Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I just don't think those yet? offensive. Li- I, I don't think the offensive linemen on that Broncos team were too enamored with uh, Russell Wilson.
1: <laughs> oh, one last one for you here: Trevor Lawrence or Jalen Hurts?
6: Oh, that's tough. That's tough. Uh, I'll take Jalen Hurts.
1: Okay, <laughs> if you had to have a coach for those teams, Doug Peterson or
6: Nick Sirianni? Oh, Doug Peterson. <laughs> I'm not even close. <laughs> I love Doug and e. Let me tell you something. We waited so long for a Super Bowl. He brings it home, and then we uh, like we got rid of him. I'm just like,
1: <sighs> who has been the best coach of the last three? Sirianni all went to a Super Bowl. Sirianni, Doug, Andy.
6: Oh, Andy's the best coach. I mean, he's
1: really Andy, though.
6: You know, a- a- Andy. <sighs> Andy took those Eagles teams uh, pretty far, and then when he got the right quarterback, yeah, I mean, let's be honest, the Patriots had Tom Brady all those years. You need that right quarterback, and Andy never had him in Philly. He had him with Kansas City. You know, you see what he's doing. I mean, uh, the best preparation coach. He knows how to build these teams the right way. Yeah, and it's Andy Reid.
1: Well, uh, people have just found a new way to piss everyone off. <laughs> Get you on. <laughs> <laughs> ah, see, I, I thought Tone shut you off already, man. But hey, <laughs> hey, Philly Godfather, tell folks how they can find you too, man, because I know that a lot of folks check you out. I see you all over the place too, all over platforms everywhere. Tell them how they can find you.
6: Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Philly Godfather. You can stop by the PhillyGodfather.com. That's my website. Uh my kids fighting July twenty fifth, Stephen Fulton in Japan against in a way. If he wins this fight, he'll be declared pound for pound the best fighter in the world. 122-pound kid. The kid's unreal. Uh, make sure you guys check him out.
1: Absolutely will do that. Philly Godfather, thank you so much, my friend. Have a spectacular weekend.
6: The dogs are barking. Good luck, guys.
1: Yeah, I see that. That's for sure, man. No question about it. Do me a favor, everyone. Hit the like button. Keep it here on the National Football Show.
3: G-L-E-X Eagles.
1: Oh, man. I I don't know what to say. I mean... Jeez. Hey, wait. (laughs) Hey, get this. Tone... Behind, tell me when Herbert wins. <laughs> I, was, I was like, okay. Um, yeah. Let me know when Herbert wins. Okay? Let me know. Show me when he wins. Hey, he got to the playoffs. Hertz got to two more games last year than Herbert did. You know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Oh, man. And blew a 31-point lead. (laughs) Oh, man. Come on, man. You know Justin Herbert's a better quarterback talent? Come on. Shit. You know better than... Dude, when you watch Justin Herbert throw the football and you watch Jalen Hurts throw the football, you see the same guy? Man, I do not. Okay? I do not see that. Okay, I mean, like all them guys he, we met. I do not see that. Okay, <laughs> Herbert is better is better's dream, not a winner's dream. Oh, so he's a cousin's. Oh, okay. Hey, wait, wait a minute, Chris. Chris, he's not the only guy that thinks that about Jalen Hurts. He's not the only guy. You think he's the only guy that thinks that? Only people that have a higher opinion of Jalen Hurts are in Philly. By the way, And look, I said this before. This is how I look at Hurts and Jalen the same way everyone else does. Unlike some of you, Jalen had the second best year last year, in my opinion, at the quarterback position of any quarterback in the league. But did you hear what I said? He had the second best year of any quarterback. That necessarily, and guess who had the fourth? Geno Smith. Geno Smith had the fourth best year. Led the NFL in completion percentage. Does that make, what makes Jalen with one great year any different than, than Geno Smith? Who Tone said today, I don't think he's going to do it again. Now, I'm more to believe that because there's a history of that guy not stringing good seasons together than what Jalen is. Jalen's not strung two shitty seasons together. That guy has. So I'm more apt to believe that because of history and who he is. I I'm with Tone on that. However... He had the fourth best year of any quarterback in the league. Okay? Geno was on a lesser team? Yeah. That's why they didn't go far. Geno Smith is not carrying a football team to the Super Bowl. Or, wait, I'll take that back. Geno Smith's not carrying that football team to the Super Bowl. But nor is Jalen. You know why? The Seahawks defense was atrocious last year. He wasn't going. The only guy in the league that I think could have took that team to the Super Bowl was the guy in Kansas City. Do you understand a guy in Kansas City is like LeBron? You could put LeBron in his prime on any team in the NBA, and they're a contender. That's who that – he's the only quarterback – that you could put on the shittiest team and they would be a contender. Like, you could put Mahomes on the Bears and they would be a contender. Okay? Okay? Seahawks defense won them. most. Dude, that's not true. We had Warren Moon on. About two months ago, and he said they were terrible on defense last year. It's not true. He said they had to fix the defense, and that's why the majority of the moves that they made in the offseason, especially in the NFL draft, came the way of the defensive side of the football. Come on, man. Dude, the Dak take, though. He thinks Dak's a better quarterback than Jalen Hurts. Well, again, he is against Philly. But for a season, I don't know. Now, the Cowboys have won 12 straight games, or excuse me, 12 wins two years in a row. It's not bad. And they got a division. I mean, obviously, that team. Well, then again, here, here's what I'll tell you about Jalen. And it's funny when Tone says this about winning. Well, The Eagles have gotten to the Super Bowl with Nick Foles, Carson Wentz, and Donovan McNabb. So it's not really a Jalen Hurts thing. They've gotten to Super Bowls with other guys. It's a system, and it's the way they do business. Building good football teams, building the better football teams than anybody, no matter what the decade is, no matter what the coach is, no matter what the year is, it doesn't matter who the quarterback is, They get to Super Bowls, whether it's with a backup, a star, a future star, a coach they fire. It doesn't matter. So was it really a product of Jalen getting to the Super Bowl or was it a product that the Eagles, this is what they do. They get to Super Bowls. I mean, McNabb's gotten one. I mean I, 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 hey and i'm not saying that he was an instrumental he was not the caboose that he was his first year starting he was the engine he was he was the engine okay in my humble opinion when a quarterback gets to a certain level and talent and numbers aren't the conversation anymore the question is do you win well here's again and this is always going to be unfair when you start to do this. Okay. Well, when you start talking about being an elite guy, you start having to compare guys to elite guys and guys who have put up numbers and wins. That's when you start making like the Mannings. And do you want to start comparing Jalen Hurts to Manning, Mahomes, Brady? Guys like that. Do you want to start doing that? You think we're there yet? He's not near nowhere near that. Okay, that's when, because Mahomes put up numbers a year ago and wins and a Super Bowl with lesser talent. That's always the argument with him now. You get this. Do you know they're spending $1 million on their what, running back room in Kansas City? $1 million. It's the cheapest running back room in the league. Can you imagine that? What are the Eagles spending, seven on all them guys? In a room they don't really care about. They're still spending seven. And they're spending one. <laughs> of, like, like a bunch of nobodies. They got a bunch of – you talk about a bunch of nobodies. <laughs> Go look at Kansas City. Freddie Pacheco. Dude, I think anybody and any running back is going to look good in that system. Hey, I got I got to read this to you, man. I got a really great email. And now, let me ask you one question before, before we get out of here. You guys like the creamsicles? Do you guys like the creamsicles? I wore that helmet. <sighs> okay? I wore that helmet. Hey, hey, Tone, I'll tell you what, between my hurricane helmet and that, I wore some pretty crazy colors, <laughs> haven't I? Okay. I wore some pretty crazy colors in my day. So um here here's a letter I got. This is really cool. And just so you know here, check it out. So this came from the Bucks. There, Dan Hope you're here. Let me read this thing to you. Look at this. Please join us. Legends night. So the Bucks, I have no idea how I get on a list like this. Legends Night. You hear that tone? Legends Night. Maybe a legend in my own mind. Dan, Dan, hope you're well. Tampa Bay Bucks would like to invite you and a guest to join us at the fellow Buccaneer Legends Hospitality 10 at training camp August 1. RSVP when you can. Flight accommodations hotel will be taken care of. Please contact Natalie. I love Natalie. We would love to have you. I know you said you were gonna come and meet Tom Brady. Brady's gonna be here as well. We look forward to introducing you to all the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Steve Fedora up down there. He's the guy with the Buccaneers head of communications. Who would have ever thought that a football team likes big sales? Who would have, besides the hurricanes, who would have thought that they that a professional team that helped get me fired in Tampa? We're now boys again. See? See what I say, Tone? You know, Big Sill's kind of like he works on you a little bit. Hope everyone has a great weekend. Thank you so much for coming aboard. My God, we're going to be a week out from training camp next week. I cannot wait until we get this and everything going. Thank you so much. Hey, Xander, thank you. Big Joe, we appreciate it. Tone, we love you very much. You did a great job on with Sports Take. Monday, 3 to 6. We'll catch you, and we'll see you on the flip side.